Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there. Coming up on the podcast, Fiona Odlum and Jackie Anderson will talk about what the stars might be wearing at the Oscars. We'll get a house call from Dr. Cyrus Dirksen and the Couch Potatoes on their big weekend with the symphony. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Friday fun day. With Fiona, Fiona Odlum is joining us, and my lovely and talented wife, Jackie Anderson, stylemydreams.com, fashion blogger and uh, stylist. Uh, hey, babe, how are you? Hello, i first, first time I've ever said, uh, hey, babe, to uh, uh, an interview <laughs> on the air, ever, right there. <laughs> hey, I wanted to get you on for a couple of minutes. Start the conversation about the Oscars. We'll be watching. I know we will. We'll be watching... E or whatever channel that is hours before the actual (laughs) hours before the actual Oscars get handed out because you like to watch the fashion and I like to watch you watch the fashion. So what (laughs) will you be looking for? And then uh, we'll get Fiona to weigh in and Fiona's got a fashion question for you too. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, It's actually funny. As you know, you know how much I love watching the women and seeing what they're dressed, what what they wear, but I'm actually a little bit more excited to see what, the men are going to wear this year hmm. because I feel like the men have been stepping it up lately, especially this award season, and they've just been doing a lot more. So I'm kind of curious to see who does what for the for the Oscars, and then for the women, I'm curious to see what Lady Gaga wears because I just feel like she needs like a really nice dress because I don't think she's going to win, so she should at least have a nice fashion moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully it's not a meat dress, right? I think Lady Gaga, oh, no. if she wants to be taken serious now as an actress, I think she's got to lose those crazy get-ups, right? Yeah, and she's been doing really well. And she, like, I mean, at the Globe, she was in Valentino, and it wasn't at the SAG. She had that really big, the, in, she was in the white, and I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Dior. So she's probably going to do um, another high-end fashion house, and it's going to be au couture for sure. Is there a color or a style or, or something you're looking for that will be sort Because it seemed like, we, you know, when the Oscars roll around or the Academy Awards or these big awards show Golden Globes, it seems like there's sort of everybody's sort of on the same trend of some sort, right? Whether it's a yeah. color or a neckline or... Well, when you kind of start at the Globe, you can be a little bit more playful and fun. And so you see lots of colors and you see, you see um, a lot of the stars sort of stepping out and being a little more on the edgy side. But when you come to the Oscars, you're going to have more sort of elegant and refined. So you're still going to see like the beautiful metallics that everyone has been wearing. You'll probably still see some of the sheer trends that were going on throughout all of um, the award seasons, as well as I'm pretty sure somebody's going to do fur. Because Sorry, not fur, feathers, because there was lots of feathers on like the SAG, the critical, uh, the Critics' Choice. I think they were on the Golden Globes, too. So I, you're still going to see that, but it's going to be like elegant and classic because it is the Oscars after all. Cool. Want to weigh in with anything, Fiona? Well, it's funny because, hey, Jackie, like, don't you think that, like, Lady Gaga has been sort of been taking a bit of a, a beating, just some of her style choices at some of these awards? Like, when was that one where she, was it at um, the Globes when her hair color matched her dress and people were yeah, like, that was the Globes. Yeah. What you doing, girl? 
But What's I up think it's dependent on what, because different pictures showed it differently. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? Because some of those dresses, like when you're there in person, they're stunning, but they don't right. always photograph as well. And then you miss the subtleties. Like I, I remember the first picture of her hair. I was like, is that a pale blue? And then I saw another one and it was really blue. <laughs> and not my favorite, um, but not unexpected for her. Like, I almost feel like it's yeah. toned down. But then she was all white for this egg. Because I think, like, you know, she she feels like she like she wants to win and, des- and in her mind deserves to win. Whereas I'm not sure everyone agrees with her. Yeah. I mean, don't get yeah, wrong. No. She's good. But I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my prediction. Yeah, I'll I give her you performance a- at the Grammys was so Sorry, okay, we got we got a bit of a we got a bit of a delay. So you know what, Fiona, we got a bit of a delay. I'm going to let you go. Oh, you ask your yeah. fashion questions real, real okay. quick for Jackie, and uh, and we'll try and get it in without the the big delay here. Okay. Okay, Jackie, for 2019, I really want my signature look to be overalls. Is this a good oh, yeah. look or not? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. You have to do it right. Okay, thanks, girl. Like, please, please oh. don't go school go route. <laughs> overalls okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my god overalls well that's good that's that's good to know hey fiona i gotta let you go i want to let okay. you go before the delay okay. becomes an issue here babe jackie thank you very much for doing this i appreciate it i'm looking okay. forward to the weekend You're with welcome. you all right talk okay. to you later every friday from 2 30 to 3 we chat with dr cyrus dirksen he is here now during the week uh, other than friday you can find him at drcyrus.com d-r-s-y-r-a-s.com and uh, Dr. Cyrus, ready for the weekend? I am. Good. What am I doing? I don't know. Just a I good just weekend. Got, I just got invite, uh, invited to a uh, little Basset Hound party. Wow, that on sounds... On Sunday. I don't yeah. know what to say. My Hershey. <laughs> you're probably going, why are you getting invited to a Basset? Uh, it, but my Hershey's part Basset Hound. Oh. And I uh, befriended uh, uh, Trina Gallup, oh. who is... Uh, she shows... Uh, she's got the number one Basset Hound in Canada. Wow. Yes, and they do these little get-togethers as fundraisers for the Bassett Rescue. Mm. And so I've been invited, so I've got to see if I have time. Is it on Sunday or tomorrow? I've got to see if I have uh, have time. I think it's actually tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Anyhow, um, <laughs> we're taking up your time talking about my weekend plans. Dr. Cyrus, we have several uh, things to talk about. Let's get to it here. Uh, the first headline, underspending in bad times. What yes. is this all about? Well... You know, psychologists love their funny experiments. So what they did was they they gave people oranges, Hal. They gave them oranges, and they said that they're on a desert island, and you get these oranges, and every day you got to go hunting and get oranges. This is all hypothetical. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't eat enough oranges, you lose health points, and if you lose all your health points, you die. And the oranges over days lose their value, and so, you know, you don't get as many health points if you wait, because they get rotten, right? Right. And you don't know how many oranges you're going to get that day. On a good day, you could get 10 day, ten oranges by hunting for them. On a bad day, you could get zero oranges. Right. So they're setting up this, like, little orange economy, yeah. you know. And they're trying to see what people will do. And the best strategy to stay alive on the island was to figure out the average number of oranges that you're getting every day as you do run the experiment with the person. Yeah. The person f- should try to figure this out. Yeah. And eat the average number of oranges, because that's their big decision. How many do I eat every day? And they should eat, they should choose a number to eat, for the average. So even if they have a good day, they should only eat the average. If they have a bad day, they should eat the average, and then they'll live the longest. Right. But it seems that that's not what people did. 
Well, they, sure. And that's just real life, right? <laughs> no. Because I, 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 it's funny. I have friends that are uh, self-employed. Right. And so when you're right. self-employed, you have to, you know, prepare for the lean times. Yes, eat the average. Right. Yeah, put a little bit away and know mm-hmm. that I can't blow all that because next month mm-hmm. might be slow. No, yes. Yeah. But they didn't do that. What they did, and this maybe makes some sense, is on the good days when they got lots of oranges, they ate more than the average. Now, what was also interesting was that on the bad days, they ate less than the average, and they were, like, killing themselves because they lost more health points by not eating the oranges. Right. And so, yeah, it seems like we will overspend... When we get when we get money, this is called house spending. It's house spending comes from like casino language, I guess. Right. When you're yeah. uh, when you win, it feels like it's not your money. Yeah. You, when you win, it's the house's money. Right. You, I'm up a thousand. I'm Let's up, go. Yeah. This isn't my money. Yeah. I just got the casino's money. Yeah. You know, and you go and you spend, and so that's called like the the house house spending you know effect or something yeah. like that. And then, but it also seems that people underspend. In the bad times. Hmm. It's amazing. It shouldn't really be amazing, but it's amazing how psychological money really is. It just yeah. really, and you know what? I, I, I take care of like this. So that was the experiment, but in my own life and in my practice, what I find that I find helpful is to realize for many, many people, they have a, an amount. I don't know what your amount is out there, but you have an amount that you're comfortable with where if you have more than that amount, you feel like you've got a lot of oranges. And if you don't have as, if you have a lower amount, if you have under that amount, yeah. you don't feel like you have enough oranges. And for some people, that's like a thousand dollars. For some people, it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have that ten thousand dollars, you're saving like crazy. And if you have more than ten thousand dollars, you're feeling rich and you're going out and you're spending. Right. And some people, it's in the minus. Some people are like, if they have minus 4,000, they feel rich. Spend it. Yeah. yeah. But if they feel like if they've got minus 6,000, oh my goodness, I got to save. I'm getting too low. Yeah. And so everybody has their set number, it seems. This is my own theory. Yeah. I, and I would agree with you. I, I think it is different for everybody. I think so. And and what is really tr- what's what I think people should realize is that you have your set number, but you can hide money. So if you get above your set number, even if it's minus... So this is odd because some people I actually recommend they almost don't pay off their debt. That if you get like if you're if your set in amount is minus five thousand and you get four thousand, you're feeling like spending because you've got like a little bit less debt than normal. Yeah. Maybe you should actually not spend and you should go back into debt and put that money into savings. You should hide the money right. that's higher than your set amount so you don't get into spending mode. Uh-huh. And you should I mean hiding can look different things, right? But yeah. sometimes hiding is as easy as putting it in a savings account. Sometimes you might need to invest it, sometimes you might need to put an RSP. Yeah. Sometimes you might need to buy a collectible, something that where you can actually get that money out at some point later. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's very psychological this money. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense too. I mean, money, you know, they say most couples when they fight, fight mm-hmm. over money. Yes. And often it's differences on on what how much they think they should be saving yes. or yes. how much they should be spending and mm-hmm. everybody is different. And I, I find that that situation where somebody set amount where their average, if you look at their lifespan, they're always hovering around minus 2,000 or minus 10,000. Yeah. When their set amount is in the minus, it's really troubling for partners. Mm. It's really troubling because there's just like, they're always desperately trying to get out of debt and their partner is like, when I get minus 900, I feel rich. Yeah. And they start spending again. Right. And you never put any money into savings because it doesn't make sense to put money into savings when you're in debt. Uh, so it gets really tricky then for couples when your psychological set amount is actually minus. Hmm. That's that's really tough. But the lesson learned from this experiment or yes. this research is 
Find the average. Find the average. And just do that. Yep. And uh, and then be careful, right? Uh, you know, when you're when you're feeling like you've got a lot, uh, then don't, you know, don't spend. Don't spend. Um, you know, and and try to make a budget. It's amazing how effective. it's such a boring topic. It feels like oh, it's not budget, though. but I it's, it's, yeah. it is important. It's so important. I think a lot of people find it boring, yes. and that's why they're not very yes. good at it. Yeah. But it's incredibly important or anxiety provoking. Some yep. people get terribly anxious when they start pulling out a budget. Yes, uh, and actually figuring out how much money. It's like going to the doctor. It's like, am I okay? Yeah. It's like it's like somehow get, making a budget is going to make you poorer, mm. or somehow going to the doctor is going to make you sick. Like it's yeah. not really the way it works. Sometimes these these headlines, these stories that we. Talk talk about, they maybe kind of go, well, yeah, of course. Uh, next one here. Night owl brains may not function as well for daytime work. Well, no kidding. You're up all night, so obviously you're not going to be very good working in the day. This is for the disbelievers. This is for the spouse who's like, So the one that's saying, no, okay, gotcha. So we're backing it up with some science yes. and research so here. So if you're a night owl and your spouse is saying, get up. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is important for you to know that the people who identified as night owls actually were night owls and their brains actually did work better in the evening wow. and they, you know it actually was something that was measurable and not just a story to be able to sleep in and yeah. and uh, so it is important and and it's also interesting cuz night owls actually have a higher mortality rate mm. it's almost like a uh, discrimination effect here that we're talking about because the world is not kind to night owls. Everything's daytime, yeah. uh, and we are not accommodating for our night owl population. Yeah. And uh, so maybe we need to help identify these people and have yeah. and have support groups and have uh, advocacy for them and, and have a <laughs> night owl movement in Winnipeg to help these people not die younger than yes. the rest of us. That we should do something. Yeah. This is a cause. I guess it kind of makes sense, though, because if they're up till 2 or 3 in the morning, yes, um, the world still carries on, mm-hmm. usually 9 to 5 or 8 mm-hmm. to 4 or whatever the hours are. So if you're up till 2 or 3, you still got to get up and go to work unless you're a shift worker. I mean, some night yes. owls, I'm sure, have their night owls partly because they have crazy hours. Um, but yeah, life carries on. The rest of the world carries on, whether you're a night owl or not. So... And sleep is so important mm-hmm. when it comes to the length of your life and, and stuff like well, that. Well, just imagine if the banks opened up at 10 p.m. How would that be yeah. for all you know all of us people who like the daytime? Right. It would be pretty tough. It'd be yeah. like, oh, my goodness. And yeah. and if you've ever had a stretch where you weren't able to sleep or something like this and yeah. and you were doing things at night, and anyway, you can, you can start to see how this would actually really affect a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also good to know, and I think I've said this here before, is that as you get older, you become more of a morning person, yeah. generally speaking, as yeah. you get older. And so this is a real thing. And, and also shift work, you mentioned shift work. If you're a daytime person and you're... And you, you got to do the nighttime thing because of a shift work. Then that's mm. really hard on a person. Uh, mm. It's really hard on a person. And and uh, although I know it's necessary, and and not having money uh, is probably worse. If you can get a daytime job, I recommend it for yeah. your mental health. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I've said this before, but uh, my dad used to he'd laugh out loud because when I was young, I hated getting up in the morning. Uh, I was terrible, right? I was yes. late for school, terrible. Yeah, yeah. And then when I got into radio for uh, over 30 years of my radio career, I was getting up in the, not even early in the morning, middle of the night. Oh, I was getting man. up at three thirty-four yes, in the morning and my yes. dad would howl. He thought that was the best because I was so terrible at getting up and here I was getting up at three thirty-four in the morning. That he thought good. that was the best.
my goodness, Star Wars versus Star Trek. The couch potatoes are both here. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun. Yep. Starting tonight, Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, Centennial Concert Hall. You worried? You nervous? Scared? Excited? What's going on? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited about this. Nervous as well. Uh, You know, people always say, you work in radio and you're scared of public speaking. Well, I I get to sit in the comfort of a tiny little booth or a studio and I don't have to see who's looking at me. Alone by myself in a small box talking. That's that's all it is. That's basically what I do at home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I always kind of enjoyed big crowds or a crowd because you get that immediate reaction. People you love you. you. People kn- love you. We don't know how people feel about <laughs> us yet. <laughs> well, look at it this way. Uh, even if you flop, and I don't think that's going to happen, but even if it doesn't go well, you guys are kicking back on a couch listening to great music, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, as nervous as we may or may not get about things, people aren't coming to the show just to see us. People are largely coming, I they're assume. They're coming for the oboe. To see that's the music. That's what they're coming yeah, for. They're coming the for the oboe or the clarinet. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's a symphony. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's pl- yeah. How many guys out there do you think are like, she wants, she always says, why don't you ever take me to the symphony? He's like, oh. well, I'll show her. I'll take her to the symphony. <laughs> with the couch potatoes. <laughs> the nerdiest weekend that the symphony yeah, ever has with done. Braun and McGarry. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask, Star Wars versus Star Trek. You don't have to tell me your choice, but will you make a choice this weekend at the concert hall? Will you crown a winner, Star Wars or Star Trek? Well, we're going to be on... We we have picked sides. Yep. The couch potatoes will be on opposing sides on this. Interesting. Uh, I think we're just going to have to play it out and see what oh, the audience yeah. feels, right? You have, to, you have to find out at the end. That's the only way you'll find out. Boy, yeah. I'll tell you, I don't know which one of you has Star Trek, but boy, it's going to be tough to topple Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars, in terms of its box office, has made over $9 billion. Yeah. Star but Trek, even the even music, close. I think. The music, yeah. Well, there's it, probably more Star Trek, right, than mm, Star Wars. There's but, hundreds and hundreds of hours of Star Trek material. Yeah, there. but there's been like seven TV series. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I just, man, it's you know that iconic, you know, which we started the the segment with, right? I mean, that's, I mean, everybody knows that Star Trek. Yeah, really. When you think of Star Trek in terms of its the big themes, there are two that pop to mind. But beyond that, it's sort of hard to think of, whereas with Star Wars, there are so many different pieces of music that pop into mind. But that's what's going to be cool about this is that Julian Pelicano, the conductor, has dug into what is out there in both universes and found some really awesome music. And another cool thing about Star Trek is they have music from all kinds of different producers. So John Williams, one of the greatest composers of all time, but all of the themes are, I don't want to say are the same or similar, yeah. but there is mm-hmm. a, a definite kind of theme that runs through all of them. Yeah. But you get different uh, composers. They bring different things to the table. So like, what's, how do you, is it Michael Giacchino? Michael Giacchino. Yeah. He was, he's one of the composers for the newer Star Trek movies and his right. music is amazing. He did, of course, the themes for your favorite show of all time, Jeff. He did Lost. He did Alias. He also actually did Star Wars Rogue One. So he's done a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he's yeah. the modern John Williams. I, I heard your interview actually with the Symphony guys and they made a good argument for Star Trek actually, I thought. They did. Yeah. They presented a really compelling argument, and it's going to be hard. And when you, I know Star Wars has more box office power, but Star Trek's been around longer. And yeah. I think people who like 
Star Trek more are more fierce about their, their choice. <laughs> yeah. and so they might come out in force mm-hmm. this weekend to support Star Trek. That's maybe the part that we're a little bit more nervous about. They're, we should be more nervous about than we are as yeah. audience reaction. It's going to be great. I mean, how many, people, how many people, though, think about this? And I understand the nerves and the excitement and all that stuff. But how many people get to say that in their career they worked with a world-class symphony? I know it's crazy. I, when I still when I think about it, I think the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra and the Couch Potatoes. I still want to know, like, <laughs> what are they thinking? Yes, it's, right. it's, it's like if uh, a country elected to their highest office some raging buffoon that is not fit for it and has no idea what he's doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh wow! You guys are going to be great, though. It's going to be fantastic. I really encourage people to get tickets. There aren't a ton of tickets left, but there are a few tickets left, depending what show. So get your tickets this weekend, starting tonight. Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, Star Wars. Versus Star Trek with our couch potatoes, Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun. Now, while I've got you, yeah. I have to ask you, because also this weekend, the Oscars. Hall of Fame weekend for us, actually. On Sunday yeah. night. And yeah. I want to know your pick for the biggie. Best orchestrated hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, whatever I'm just the, kidding. The campaign against <laughs> A Star is Born. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Is there an actual campaign? I don't know. Okay. Against them? You are. You're it leading feels that like campaign. No, I would, I would lead the campaign for a Star You and I born. talked about this earlier this week. We're I've both on the same page on I've this, I've switched right? my best pick You winner. have now switched again yes. because you were with me when I said, <laughs> I, I think the momentum is leading to a Star is Born <laughs> winning because it, nobody has really wrapped up all the awards in the other shows. Yeah, and in the last two weeks, I've also thought that Romo was going to win, and I also was convinced that Bohemian well, Rhapsody was going to win. Now, now you, you got to tune into the Couch Potatoes to find out this weekend. <laughs> oh we make a big deal of it in this episode. All right. so. Podcast noon? is available now. Yeah, yeah, you can find it on the podcast. Right, and noon tomorrow, Saturday, and 6 p.m. on Sunday, or the podcast, <laughs> wherever you get your podcast, you can also find it at cjob.com. You are terrible. My wife, my wife this morning, my wife Jackie said to me this morning, she goes, hey, I think... Her late pick, because she too is going, yeah. who's going to win this, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, everybody's doing this. And her pick now is, she thinks it might be Black... Uh, Klansman? No. Panther? Uh, Black Panther. Yeah. She thinks it might be Black Panther. Well, hey, I mean, there's a, that's the thing. It's a one in eight chance. And the yeah. fact that no one has really talked about... Well, mm-hmm. for it did win the big award at the SAG, the Screen Actors yeah. Guild. They won the, mm-hmm. the major award there. And most of those movies have won a major award. So right. it really... Like, nothing would be surprising at this point. Yeah. It might be one of the more interesting Academy Award shows in several years, and nobody's going to be watching because there's <laughs> not going to be a host. Yeah. That's my prediction. I really? think the ratings are going to be even worse. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the ratings were worse. I wouldn't pin it on the lack of a host. I would just yeah. say the general. Uh, people don't care. Yeah, people are just ambivalent yeah. at best about it. So, yeah. all yeah, right, that's stupid. You, you raise a good point though, Hal. The yeah. fact that there is no host, people would off. Like when Seth MacFarlane was the host, I tuned in to see what you he get would his do. fans. Yeah, yeah, right. And what, what's one of the things we talk about the next day after the Oscars? How well or badly the right. host performed. It's true. And we can't have that conversation now. So I wonder. It's going to be interesting to see. Best of luck, guys. Big weekend for you. The Couch Potatoes. Get your tickets. Versus Star Trek, Star Wars, 
versus Star Trek Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra Concert Hall with the Couch Potatoes from CJOB, Brett McGarry, and Jeff Braun. Texter 204-780-6868. Don't worry, boys, Brett and Jeff. We will love everything you do with the WSO. We are with you, not looking for you two to fail. The force will be with you. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.